0: to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation, for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you're on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we have been going through the final books of the minor prophets, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And this means that we are finishing up the Old Testament. I know many of you have been waiting for this moment. And so today is our final episode of the Old Testament worship from these books. And each worship episode, I've got my uh, partner in crime, Brother Terrell Boger, with me. Terrell, how are you, man? Doing well. Good to see you, brother. So we are closing out the Old Testament today.
1: Yes, yes. Who it's been a good long journey. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, well, been... I've I've enjoyed it, and we've uh,
0: read four books this week: Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, and uh, each of them, of course, uh, as as prophets of of some have said doom, but there have been some some messianic prophecies yes. and pro- and prophecies of hope in them. Kind of as you've been walking through them, have you? Uh, has it been
1: encouraging, discouraging? What kind of Talk with me through it. It's been encouraging. I think I mentioned a little bit of this last week, talking about the hope. You use that word hope. In all of this, as as hard as some of it is to read and scary, there is that message of hope, of there is someone coming. There is a king that is coming. And when I read that, I'm like, God promised that. And then hundreds of years later, Christ, God with us, the Emmanuel came. And then you get to Revelation there's still some more promises yet to be filled. That's right. So it gives me hope that Christ is coming again, not this time as a child, but as a king.
0: Yeah, it's in that,
1: uh,
0: I I, I like that that expectation, that Mm -hmm. waiting. We find ourselves almost in that waiting period, much like the Israelites did. Uh, Our Messiah has already come, but he's coming again. Uh, And I think it's in the waiting period that we begin to maybe even question God Mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, You know, not just in Christendom as a whole, but as uh, just individually in our lives we yeah. may be in those seasons where we don't feel God like we used mm-hmm. to we we don't hear him speak to us like we used to and we think god have you left us and, right. and in fact malachi the very book we're reading today begins where the word of the lord comes through malachi and it says i have loved you says the lord but you say how have you loved us and yeah. and and of course we can get into great theological <laughs> debate over Jacob and Esau and all that, but but really it's this question of the people are questioning the love of God. Mm-hmm. Have there ever been times in your life where you've just questioned, God, do, do you really love me, or
1: is is, is this all for nothing? Is- well, I would be a liar if I say I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's many times, and a lot of times I have to be reminded, and it's usually when I call my mom, it's when I'm reminded yeah. of, well... And she'll, she'll go through the checklist. Have you been praying? No. Have you been reading your Bible? She knows I've been going to church because that's what I do for them. So I <laughs> kind of have to show up. Yeah. That's kind of one thing. But then she's, she reminds me, you know, what maybe you're going through something. What are you learning right now? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that's not what I called for a mom. I wanted to complain. <laughs> <laughs> and moms always are good at that, of keeping things in perspective. Yeah. So I, I, I still, you know, kind of like with the Israelites, I have that hope of I'm going through this tough thing, but... I'll be out of it soon. God's going to carry me through. In fact, in my reading this morning, you always tell us to try and get our feet into their sandals. And I think, what was it like for them to have to wait 400 years? Oh, yeah. That must have been hard. Then I realized, wait, we've been waiting for almost 2,000 years. You know, the revelation stops, and here we are. So I guess we kind of do know. We know that. We have these promises yet to come. That's right. That's but right. But God fulfilled the ones in the Old Testament, so we know He's going to do it again. And you're exactly right. I, I mean, I, you know,
0: putting our feet in their sandals, questioning that love of God. You know, then I must think, how does God feel? Because oh, yeah. when, when they, when they were saying, in what ways have you loved us? I mean, God's like. I brought you out of Egypt. I, yeah. I created you as my special people. Yep. I've walked with you through your sin. I put up with you and That's and good. everything <laughs> you've done, and yes, you went into captivity, but I've brought you out, mm-hmm. and I'm sending my son to die for you. What do you mean? How have I loved you? and and I think almost as a parent, oh uh, yeah, now, I think the most crushing thing for me is when my kids might respond with, um, well you don't love me or yeah. if you did this then you would really love me or something and 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 the one thing I want my girls to know is hey daddy loves oh, yeah. me yeah and and I just see God as as this eternal father who <laughs> is being rejected by his own children that's what you see all throughout oh, the yeah. minor prophets and so there is there is this bit of um, uh, of of turmoil there, even in God's heart mm-hmm. towards towards us. How many times have I shaken my fist to God and said, "God, if you really loved me, you would do," and then I have to stop and say, "Oh, you you do love me. You you have loved me." Yeah. Um, talking about the the Old Testament, there is uh, there's almost this. Sour note mm-hmm. that ends the Old Testament. Yes, I want you to kind of talk with us a little bit about this minor
1: key in the Minor Prophets. Would you? Would you give yeah. us a little bit of that? Um, and one of the stories I think about is when I used to teach band. Um, I always try to get the gospel in there, and during the teach the kids about Jesus. And if they fired me, so what? What a what a way to get what a way to go. <laughs> But every year at Christmas time, and this will come back again later in the episode, we would do a traditional Christmas carol because I could point to my list of music. I was like, this is a piece of mm. musical literature. Yeah. And then I had to teach English while I was doing bands, so I would teach the lyrics. Well, there's one carol that I thought of. And if y'all know, it's called the Coventry Carol. And I read them the story about how it came about. But the second verse, listen to this. Herod the king and his raging charged he hath this day his men of might, and his own sight, all young children to slay. So this song is about Jesus, the Messiah, and Herod, the king, you know, wanting to sacrifice or kill all these children of a certain age, and ask the kids. So this song is in a minor key. There's a lot of tension, a lot of sadness, and, um, you know, it's supposed to evoke an emotion. The Greeks believe the different I don't want to get too technical, but different modes. The Greeks thought gave off different emotions. And the minor key was emotions of sadness and despair. And when you read the story, you're like, wow, this king is killing children. But then I said, let's go to the end of the song. And it ends on this happy major chord. And I remember asking the kids, it's like, how can a song this sad end on a happy note? And one of the kids raised their hand and said, because in the end, Jesus wins because they knew the story. Mm, mm. And then I won't get too far into it. One of the kids goes, well, Mr. Boger, how do we know Jesus exists or that he was real? <laughs> and so I said, y'all put y'all stands down, close your folders. I think we're done with class. And I proceeded to give them examples of why we know that Jesus is real. Yeah. So I love that major minor, because in our lives, there's moments of sadness and tension, but then there's that release to happiness. You know, that old saying, we're either about to go through something, we're going through something, or we just came out. Yeah, yeah. So in the Bible, you see it a lot. There's a lot of, um, in musical, we call it storm wound drunk, the the storm, the tension, the release, and so the minor keys it's it's part of the growing process. Wow. We need that minor key because without the sad and the minor, we don't appreciate the happy and the major times as much. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love that um, that the minor prophets <laughs> yeah in
0: in, in a in, in that sense give us a minor key mm-hmm. of of the doom the wrath of God, but ultimately it evokes a major truth yes. of Jesus Christ winning. Mm-hmm. I, I like that story. Thank you. Yeah. For and the song you've got for us yes. kind of shares that truth that it, with us that no matter what, Jesus does
1: reign. It is a, it's a another carol. Um, Chris Tomlin and Matt Maher borrowed some lyrics from a traditional English carol called In the Bleak Midwinter. And it, I love the, the, the painting that the text um, gives off. It just starts out, in the bleak midwinter, all creation groans uh, for a world in darkness frozen like a stone. But then it says, light is breaking in a stable for a throne. Mm. And it just gives that hope of, there's this there was this time where things seemed like everything was lost. But then, through the star, hope came onto this world in Emmanuel. Um, and then the chorus just says, he shall reign forevermore. Mm. And if I could just have the whole band in here to kind of give off that uh, breaking... Uh, of just the breaking of light and the happiness as opposed to the kind of the minorness of some of the song. It's just a beautiful song. Wow. But um, if y'all know it, sing along. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of it, just the first two verses and uh, talk a little bit more about it afterwards.
2: In the bleak midwinter all creation grows for a world in darkness frozen like a stone light is breaking in a stable for a throne and he shall child is born, King of kings and Lord of lords. He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. If I were
0: Thank you so much for that song. Yeah. Uh,
1: and uh, uh, tell me why why that song? Um, I, I love the imagery. Uh, if I can, maybe read a couple of more, because it reminds me of that break in between Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah. They were just sitting there waiting, and they thought that was it. It's like God has forgotten it, like you said. And they were some were still hanging on to those promises. We know of the Magi that knew the date. They knew they had been calculating it. But in the second and fourth verse of this carol, it says, God in heaven cannot hold him nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign. In the bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. And I love this verse. Angels and archangels may have gathered there. Cherubim and seraphim thronged the air. But only his mother, in her maiden bliss, worshiped the beloved with a kiss. Mm. And I just, one of these, I love that because the imagery of, if you look at the old English lyrics, it just talks about a on earth that is hard and cold and desolate, it almost seems. Yeah. But they're holding on to this hope of there is a Messiah coming.
2: Good, and I love him.
1: the shepherd when it says, I am a poor man. What can I give him? <laughs> all I've got to give him is my heart. And we know that with Jesus, that's all he requires from us. Amen. Yeah,
0: man, thank you so much. That's why I love our worship episodes because you, you teach me so much through <laughs> that. Thank you. Well, we're coming to the end of the episode, and that means we're in our Hey, Check This Out moment. Yes. Uh, what's your
1: Hey, Check This Out resource of the week? Well, I've referenced it twice already. This is the Oxford Book of Carols. Um, y'all know I'm just, I guess, borderline obsessed with music. Hmm. Um, but all a carol is, it's just a song of celebration. And most of the time, they use them at Christmas time. And so this is a collection of 180-some-odd carols. And it's, um, sometimes it's fun just to read us poetry. It wasn't until I got to seminary that I just loved reading poetry. Yeah. And sometimes I just love getting out of my hymnal and reading it like it's poems and going through these books of carols and just reading poetry because, as I used to tell my kids when I taught, they were like, why can't they just say it straightforward? I was like, well, that's like painting the Mona Lisa with a stick figure. It just doesn't have the same feel. So when you say things in, in a poetic way like um, the, the earth was hard as stone and earth was hard as iron, it, it kind of gives you that picture and you get to be there. So if you don't uh, know about this book, go check out the Oxford Book of Carols. Man, thank you so much. I will
0: check that out. That's awesome. Um, with us finishing up the oh, Old man. Testament and getting ready for the New Testament next week, I thought that a great resource that I could talk about is actually from the— uh, from Josephus, the complete works of Josephus. Uh, there are many different uh, uh, books out there that are uh, editions. Let me say that many different editions of it. I've got one all the way from the 1960s. It was mm-hmm. actually my grandfather's and uh, passed down to me. But several different works. Mm-hmm. They all have uh, uh, have uh, his writings, Antiquities, the Wars of the Jews. But you can find a lot of information about what took place in that intertestamental time, yeah. but also immediately afterwards. And, and I would just encourage that. Um, uh, there are critics of the works of Josephus, um, and, and rightfully so. Josephus writings are not the word of God and I right. want to remind us of that uh, and but they do give a hi- historical perspective of what's going on in that time uh, it it shows you a little bit more going on in in that to give you a context but also uh, many Catholics uh, have in their Bible, what they call the Holy Scriptures, books, uh, the Apocrypha. Mm -hmm. Josephus is able to show us different things during that time. And while the Apocrypha is not Scripture, of course, it's not the Word of God, it does give us some historical context. And so I wanted to take some time and mention that that would be my resource of the week. If I could kind of give a a, uh, a second resource that would go along with this, it would be Eusebius, yes. his works. And that's really uh, taken from a the, the history of the church, ecclesiastical history. Uh, and so uh, Eusebius would be great. But Josephus, Eusebius, I would encourage every student of the Bible to have this on their shelf. So any last words, any final words? The king is coming. Amen. And he shall reign Forevermore. Hey, we love you. We're praying for you. Stakes in the ground.